0: Am I. Good morning. I'm Judith Lay, welcoming you to Praise, the programme that connects faith and daily life.
1: Mance Radio Chiena naarish kiwnaas meen
2: Hadji
3: gudsan da bae sián, moni shingan tae chit the bae Ghijin eis dainas nen a blianten dera a choraru. Eklaine grenia ason savora niamach kunyanaru.
0: Music from Kirjin Kujak and the words of the exhortation spoken in Manx by Bob Carswell. Welcome you to a special programme of thoughts, prayers and music for this Remembrance Sunday. Our reflections all have a Manx connection. We begin with a young pastor from Staffordshire standing at the Menin Gate Memorial to the Missing in Ypres in Belgium as he explains its unique significance. Just a couple of years ago, Karen Elliott's Women in Song choir had the privilege of actually singing and flying Manx flags at the Men in Gate. Flanders Field was their choice and they'll be singing it again in a few moments. The name of Woodbine Willie is very familiar. He was a hero of the First World War and today we reflect on just why he was so loved and respected with more thoughts from our pastor at the Menin Gate and from Reverend Alex Smith, who, as a long-serving army padre himself, really understood Woodbine Willie. Reverend Alex's words are taken from one of the many special programmes that he made for remembrance on the British Forces Broadcasting Service. But here on the island, Reverend Alec is remembered as a former vicar of St. Thomas's here in Douglas and as a member of the religious broadcasting team here on Manx Radio. And from the challenges of war, we end with the prospects of peace and a moving, true family story told by Reverend Steve Ingruel who, with his wife, Reverend Rebecca, minister to seven Methodist churches in the east of the island.
4: During World War 1, nearly 900,000 soldiers and 100,000 civilians lost their lives. That's a staggering and horrific 2.19% of the British population at that time and many more were wounded, often severely. Here in Ypres, one third of the total military losses occurred and 90,000 of them have no known graves. And so in 1927, A memorial was opened at the Menning Gate as an expression of gratitude by the Belgian population for the sacrifices that were made for their freedom. On the first night that the memorial was opened, the last post was played as a sign of respect and honour. Since then something remarkable has happened. Every night at 8pm a small group of men from the local fire brigade close the road and sound the last post. Remarkably They haven't missed a night since the 28th of July 1928. In fact, during the Second World War when Belgium was occupied, the last post ceremony was conducted instead in Surrey. But as soon as Polish forces liberated Ypres in the Second World War, the ceremony resumed, even though there was heavy fighting taking place in other parts of the city. For the population of Ypres, it was important to remember the huge price the soldiers paid to bring them freedom.
5: The year, 1915. The place, a French village not far behind the front line. A battalion of British troops was formed up in the rain waiting for their new padre to arrive to take a service. They looked the picture of dejection. Not a man could see why they had to stand there in the rain to sing a few hymns. There was precious little to sing about. But their mood changed when the new padre arrived. He waved cheerfully and shouted a greeting at the top of his voice through the torrential rain. The sincerity and informality of his approach captivated them, and from that moment on the soldiers loved him.
2: Afterwards, the chaplain wrote in his diary, We had a short service, and in the middle of it the rain ceased for a short time, and the sun broke like a promise through thick clouds overhead. That gave me my text. God, who maketh the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The sermon preached itself. It was the message of the sunshine through the clouds. The break was only for a few minutes, and then the sun covered again, and the rain began once more. But it was enough. We knew that still, behind the clouds, God's light shone on, and that right in the middle of man-made war was God's eternal peace. The battalion
5: was, of course, extremely fortunate in its new padre. He was one of the great brave names of the First World War, Stuttered Kennedy. They soon had a nickname for him, Woodbine Willie. Why? For several months, Kennedy was stationed at Rouen, which was then a great staging post on the way forward to the front line. In the large canteen, he mixed with a different crowd of men every day, always reinforcements for the battle. He would move among them, chatting, taking the names of parents to whom he promised to write, and then he'd stand on a box, and while someone strummed an old piano, he would sing to them.
1: Still smiling through at
5: me. Well, after that he could do anything with them and they listened attentively to his Christian message about the presence and the power and the love of God who would go with them up into the front line and be with them and their loved ones come what may. Then the troop trains would pull into the Rouen sidings to be filled with thousands of young men, many of whom would never return. Studded Kennedy would then begin to move right through the train with a haversack over each shoulder. One contained a copy of the New Testament. The other? Packets of Woodbine cigarettes. So they called him Woodbine Willie. When he'd worked his way through to the last compartment, he used to jump out onto the track looking at the red light on the back of the last coach. Then slowly the train pulled out of the siding and that red light grew smaller and fainter. The last he saw of that train was the red light and it came to symbolise for him a trainload of young men being hauled away to the slaughter with their New Testaments and their woodbinds. He wrote
2: a poem about it. Waste of muscle, waste of brain, waste of patience, waste of pain. Waste of manhood, waste of health, waste of blood and waste of tears. Waste of youth's most precious years. Waste of ways the saints have trod. Waste of glory, waste of God. War.
5: He turned away, eyes brimming with tears, bracing himself to meet the next contingent with his cheerful wave and his message of Christian comfort.
3: No more for me. The city quarter, the village spire My flock are waiting in their dugouts Their untrained voices, my only choir I bless them all, the saint, the sinner The seasoned veteran, the volunteer The man of every rank so full of courage, so lean in Each day I greet the new arrivals Their faces eager and flushed with pride I watch them train and follow orders and hear their stories behind the lines i bless them all the saint the sinner the seasoned veteran the volunteer the men of every rank and station so full of courage so lean I help them read, I write their letters I give them back, I press their hands And at the last, a grain of comfort An absolution in no man's land I bless them all, the saint, the sinner The seasoned veteran, the volunteer the men of every rank and station so full of courage God bless the Tommy, God bless the Hun, and all the privates and their captains, and all their widows and all their sons, and the devout, the non-believers, and the survivors, and all the slain. That all who witness such destruction May never witness the like again I bless them all, the saint, the sinner The seasoned veteran, the volunteer The men of every rank and station So full of courage, so I bless them all, the saint, the sinner, the seasoned veteran, the volunteer, the men of every rank and station, so full of courage, so lean in years.
4: He was awarded the Military Cross at the Battle of Messonim Ridge for running repeatedly into no man's land to help the wounded. The citation said this, For conspicuous gallantry and devotion to duty, he showed the greatest courage and disregard for his own safety in attending to the wounded under heavy fire. He searched shell holes for our own and enemy wounded, assisting them to the dressing station, and his cheerfulness and endurance had a splendid effect upon all ranks in the frontline trenches, which he constantly visited. After the war he became closely involved in the Christian socialist and the pacifist movements touring the country giving public lectures. He was in Liverpool on one of his lecture tours in 1929 when he fell ill and died. A crowd of more than 2,000 turned out for his funeral procession lining from Worcester Cathedral to his old parish church of St Paul. They tossed packets of woodbines onto the passing cortege A gesture the Reverend Stoddart Kennedy would probably have thoroughly approved of, being a heavy smoker himself. Woodbine Willie was a man who was prepared to put his own life on the line. Motivated by God's love and the message of Jesus, he was prepared to lose his life to bring life to others. 2,000 years ago, Jesus did give up his life for the human race. It was the ultimate sacrifice. The Bible says that no greater love is there than this, that a man gives up his life for his friends. The Bible also gives us a future hope that one day there'll be no more war and no more brutality. As we remember those who paid the price, let's also remember this promise from the Bible.
6: You don't need me to tell you that we live in a messed up world, and yet we know that it will not always be this way. I believe in a faithful God, and a time that will come when his promises are fulfilled, such as this beautiful promise found in Micah, nation shall not fight against nation, neither will they learn war any more. They shall beat their swords into ploughshares and their spears into pruning hooks. I believe that this time will come, but we are currently waiting for it to be seen, and as we wait we often cry out with the psalmist, how long, O Lord, how long? My family are from the Channel Islands, which was the only part of British soil to be occupied during the Second World War. In Guernsey and Jersey the main celebration each year does not fall on VE Day but on the 9th of May, Liberation Day. One of my great aunties kept a diary during those final few days of the occupation, and if you ever want to know what the weather was doing in the Channel Islands on those days, she started every entry with a very short summary. But I find these entries deeply moving, and here's an extract from that diary, beginning on Saturday the 5th of May, 1945. Saturday, May the fifth. Rain and wind. I stayed at home while Bert visited Neil and Mary, stayed home again in the evening, starting to get excited at hearing good news, hoping for our release. Sunday the sixth. Finer weather, very warm afternoon. Very excited at the news, waiting for peace and freedom. German soldiers are walking around looking sad. Bert went to Sunday school practice this afternoon, and we went to the mission in the evening. Stan and Joan came round later, and we heard about the Channel Islands on our crystal radio. Monday, the 7th of May. Beautiful weather. Got all the clothes washed and dried. We sat outside making red, white and blue rosettes all afternoon. Got the flags ready. Went to Dad's home in the evening. Heard that Cousin Mill has died in hospital. The lack of supplies are affecting us everywhere. Heard some disappointing news on the radio about our release tonight. Went to bed and watched the signals. Tuesday, the 8th of May. V.E. Day. Disappointment Day. No rejoicing here. Even the weather is showery and thundery. We heard good news of German surrender at 10am and Bert and I rode into town. Had beautiful weather this afternoon and this evening, listened to the King and Churchill's broadcast. But we are in disappointment day here. When will our freedom come? Wednesday, the 9th of May. Beautiful weather. Today began sad but ended glad. Warships arrived this morning, we went into town at 9.15 and shook hands with everyone. British Tommies had a signal line and joined in a broadcast. Had Flo and Don round for tea and rested in the afternoon despite the display of aircraft overhead. Bert and Don went into town to watch them. We had a thanksgiving service at the mission this evening, didn't get to bed until half-past midnight. Our day of rejoicing, the day of liberty. Could hardly get to sleep with all the excitement. Thursday, the 10th of May. Lovely weather. Life is grand. Almost too good to be true. Plenty of good food is available at last, but our stomachs can't take it all. Daisy and Charlie came for tea, and we spent the evening listening to the broadcast on the Crystal Radio. Our island flags are flying everywhere. British soldiers warmly welcomed, Germans are being made to clean up the mines and barbed wire, etc. Our population is too full for words. Enjoying full cream milk again. No more curfew, no more blackout. Our cage has been opened after five years' captivity, and we are free. Praise to God. The war was over. But the islanders still had to live under occupation until the victory was realised for them. And I believe that is how it is for us. Victory has been won. Victory will be seen. And until it is we wait with confidence and with hope and with expectation. And while we wait we don't wait passively. My great auntie was there making red, white and blue rosettes. I wonder what preparations we can make in our lives. What signs of hope can we bring for those around us? How can we be people of peace, light and hope, whilst also crying out to God, until we see that fulfillment of the vision he gives of the world as it should be, where nation shall not fight against nation, and neither will they learn war any more.
7: When we are weary and in need of strength, when we are lost and sick at heart, we remember them. When we have a joy we crave to share, When we have decisions that are difficult to make, when we have achievements that are based on theirs, we remember them. At the blowing of the wind and in the chill of winter, at the opening of the buds and in the rebirth of spring, we remember them. At the blueness of the skies and in the warmth of summer, at the rustling of the leaves and in the beauty of autumn, we remember them. At the rising of the Sun and at its setting we remember them as long as we live they too will live for they are now a part of us as we remember them
0: And that's all that we have time for today. My thanks to everyone who's taken part in the programme and as always, my thanks to you for your company. All editions of Praise are available as podcasts. You can listen, download or subscribe for free via manxradio.com and that's also where you'll find the Praise blog, the home of our full Church Notice Board. I did also promise that you could follow our recent pilgrimage to the Holy Land via a Praise on Pilgrimage daily blog. But sadly, I'm afraid we discovered when we got to Israel that the areas where we were staying didn't always have reliable internet access, so it wasn't possible to continue doing this. But I will complete the blog now that I'm home, so keep an eye on the Praise blog at manxradio.com and some new posts will be coming along very soon. To find those blogs, go to manxradio.com on the homepage, click on Air, and on the drop-down menu, follow the link for blogs. But for now, this is Judith saying thank you for listening, and I wish you and those you love a blessed and peaceful week and a very good morning.